What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Not For 30 podcast? What up? This is episode 116, 116. Gone solo. This is self-therapy. Man, I don't know. I have contemplated flip-flop back and forth with releasing this podcast. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's entertaining. It's, it's kind of me just going at it by myself, just just gripping it and ripping it just just giving a good tug you know it's it's a weird podcast um of just me opening up about kind of my situation right now uh it's not gonna be for everyone i'm sorry if this is your first time listening to the podcast this is this is not um exact model or or um uh, format of what we do usually it's a lot more fun but i was just i just just feeling you know, not okay. I was not. I want to say I was feeling alone, but I was feeling like doing one alone. Uh, this is just me opening up. I get it. If this ain't your speed, I totally get it. Um, but check out some of our other podcasts if you haven't already. This is um, this is just a, like a uh, me speaking my mind and just you know just being relatable. I guess um, I know we all go through highs and lows, and I'm a guy that stays pretty high. Um, of course, natural high, but sometimes you get kind of low, and this is just a self-reflection of that. Um, this the the title is a little misleading, as per usual, uh, but it is what it is. I think um, I think I've just released Aaron Chalupa's Awkward Throw Clear episode twenty-three, um, so this is will come after that. I kind of don't know what what's going to happen when I record this podcast, so there's a little bit of misleading stuff on that, but the Awkward Throw Clear with Aaron Chalupa should be out already. Um, as well, uh, I talked to Brian Smith last night. He's going to be back on shortly. We're going to do Carnivore Part 2, the weirdest, best diet in the world, and as well, we should probably have something with the Blue Jays' abysmal season coming up very shortly. All right, long ramble. I'm sorry. This is episode 116 gone solo this is some self-therapy hope you guys stay tuned for it if not no hard feelings oh and one last thing i, I forgot to mention uh, i want to thank so much whomever is in amsterdam and downloading the podcast or whatever i don't know what's going on but our listenership in amsterdam has gone through the goddamn roof um, I'm just going to take a quick peek right here. Last week, there were 73 downloads, which is insane because on average, our last couple of podcasts usually go between the 100 and 200 download range to consider that 73 downloads happened last week. I don't know if it's one person catching up on a whole bunch, but whatever. Thank you so much. Amsterdam, good for you. This is awesome. As well as I want to shout out a little pat on the back of everyone part of the network that we hit over our 30,000 download um, marking probably sometime last week. And uh, we're now at 30,574 downloads uh, before this recording, before the next two episodes have come out. So I'm ultra proud of that. Um, thank you so much for everyone who's been part of it. Okay long ramble on top of a long podcast the last thing i want to say the second last thing i want to say is that uh this podcast ends abruptly i'm sorry about that um or maybe not because you might not find this interesting at all and of course finally the sponsorship of the podcast without them there is no podcast superior finished painting 
if you're having painting problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but painting ain't one. Call them, 289-979-9000. Thunder to your lightning. Um, as well as the good people at 2020 Print Media. They've just launched 2020 Garage. Check that out. They've got a lot going on. Um, if you're looking for card decals or anything along that line, even uh, printed, we usually use them for printing our 9 after 30 t-shirts, which may or may not be coming back, uh, as well as our hats and everything else like that. So with that being said, on with the goddamn show. It's a five-minute intro. I'm sorry. Enjoy the show. This is the Not After 30 Podcast, a podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. Yo, what's up, Nine Nation and lovers of the Not After 30 Podcast? This is Anthony recording live and alone at the new Billy Shears Podcast Studio, still in lovely Milton, Ontario. Oh, sorry, guys. <clears throat> Should we do it again? Nah, that's not us. Yo, what's up, guys? This is another San Solo podcast. Um, I guess that translates into no one podcast? Ugh, I don't like that. Anyways, we're going to do a solo podcast. I don't know, I just want to check in. It's been kind of a crazy couple weeks um, for us. Um, trying to locate some stuff, but, you know, we're all kind of all over the place. I want to thank Aaron Chalupa. The Awkward Throw Clear will return in a couple of days. Um, probably a couple days after this is released. Or this might be released a couple days after that. No big deal. But uh, we've kind of had like a wild end to the summer here with the podcast. It's been fun. I've had uh, Brian Smith and Brad Myers and Kyle Schulman come in and some voices we hadn't heard for a while. But we're also missing some voices that we heard for a long time, like John, of course, uh, Jesse, um, Greta, Miss Six. You know, we're missing those voices too. But I'm here to say that Miss Six will be making her valiant return to the podcast. Oh, fuck, I forgot Dave, too. Dave, too. Um, and, of course, Aaron. Um, but Miss Six will be making her return very shortly. Jackie Chan got her eating that special sushi, so she out of it for now. But she'll be back soon. So happy to re- report that. So, I don't know. I, I had some success with the solo podcast we did a little while ago. I want to try it out again. And see if, you know, we can have an equal success or see if this stuff even works. Or is this just in my head? Like, is, is this, I'm trying to be consistent with the podcast. The only way to grow this podcast is by being consistent. So maybe I need to try to be consistent. If I don't have a guest for that week, maybe I just do a solo. Do you guys want to hear a solo? Should I be even doing a solo? I've been doing solo for so long. Solo holo. Um, I don't know. Well, this is what's going on in my life right now. Uh, we are days away from baby number two being born. And the pressure that parents put on themselves for baby number two, at least what I think, um, the pressure we put on ourselves is really starting to get to me um, because it's very much a hurry up and wait mentality. Right now we're, we're looking at it that the baby could be here any day. We had some small complications, or I don't want to downsize what this is, but you know, we had the baby was breached for a little while, which, in the grand scale of pregnancies, isn't that big of a deal. I understand that, but for uh, two parents who a year and a half ago go went through a pretty ideal birth birth plan, it's kind of a big deal. So. Um, Thing, things were looking a little, little shaky for us because the baby was breached. 
Also, um, I think it's called laying breech, which means the baby isn't laying in the um, fetal position. She's actually laying with her hand, with her feet down, uh, almost like she's trying to stand up, which is which applies a lot of pressure to a lot of different regions on the mom, uh, the bladder, of course, and everything else, but also puts pressure on the already thin cervix wall, um, as well as the head applying pressure to a rib cage and that. So um, there's a lot of factors there that, that kind of bother the mom and makes makes mom uncomfortable. And, you know, kind of makes it like a, a kind of a weird balance of everything. Um, but I don't know, it's, it seems to have kind of righted the ship, I guess, a little bit. Um, with some help from Dr. Matt, who you guys might remember from the podcast, Dr. Matt's chiropractic care. Uh, if you're in Milton, the Healthy Family Chiropractics, um, he said that there's a success rate. I can't remember the name of the, the adjustment, but um, months back we were dealing with um, Brittany's sur- um, pelvis starting to separate a little bit um, to make way for the birth and the, uh, not the birth, but the the room of the uterus and all that stuff and it was separating which is causing her a lot of pain but what would later cause a lot of trauma and the, the trauma was um the trauma was creating some tightness in the, within the joints and the muscles there which were making it a little bit uncomfortable for the baby that's why the baby flipped to make itself more comfortable sorry if i'm, I'm rambling i'm trying to collect my thoughts while i'm laying this out but um it's one of those things where uh with with the care of relaxing the body and everything like that, um, the baby did flip back around, which was a huge saving grace. Um, and we were real lucky about that. Uh, it was it was kind of like a scary moment for us, but it seemed to work itself out, which we were really happy about. Um, and then there we're dealing with uh, Brittany's preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure. And, um, you know, with high blood pressure becomes, you know, we have to monitor that. Lots of trips to the doctor, um, lots of trips with the midwife modern and everything you don't want to the blood pressure too high going into the pregnancy so we're dealing with a lot of those things um but what i really kind of want to open up about is what like what my role is in all of this i mean the father's role the husband's role the partner's role in every pregnancy is basically just a support system um but here's like in my mind this is what kind of throws me off we're dealing with being a support system on top of being everything else. So main source income plus support system, uh, assist, you know, all those things with a pregnant wife. Um, but, you know, I have a certain expectation with the way I want to live my wife, my life, which is, you know, I want to be organized. I want to have a cleanliness. I want to have organization. And sometimes those things don't happen. So what happens? Do I tend to burn myself out? Do I do I skip things? It's, it's it's really hard. It's really really hard for me to organize myself enough um, because I don't want to put any additional pressure on my wife. Plus, she's already putting enough on herself. Um, plus, we have a sixteen month old. Plus 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 plus. So it kind of like it, it becomes this real big whirlwind of expectation put on myself. So how do I balance that out? Um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really kind of getting me that I'm kind of just spilling my guts on this, but I'm sure there's people right there that, that are listening to this that have answers and I get that. And, you know, sometimes it's just talking through your problems. Sometimes it's taking advice. 
and I was I was talking to Kyle a couple weeks back, and uh, I was laying out kind of what what our situation was, and you know he just took a really calm approach. And he's like, listen, man, like even though the doctors are applying this pressure, you don't have to rush to these things. You can take your time, and that really brought me like, off the ledge. Really talked me off the ledge. I'm um, having more more conversations with Dr. Matt about everything. Really talked me off the ledge, and I think as fathers or partners or husbands or whatever the case is not knowing and then hearing people who have gone through it who might have more education on it anything like that really helps bring down the uh anticipation not the anticipation the um, the nerves of everything the anxiety of everything but we are within the next couple of days of our next baby being born and i am so excited i'm so excited for all those newborn joys of course, you can make those jokes, of course, about everything like two hours of sleep and all that stuff and feeding all the time and changing diapers in your sleep and warming bottles and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, you go through that once and you kind of get it and the pregnancies aren't always the same and babies aren't always the same. I get all those things. But it's it's not the exact same, but it's pretty much the same, you know. The baby's, baby's still going to have three issues, gas, uh, food, or diaper. Those are probably going to be the big three things, um, and you can pro- you can problem shoot those. Uh, I don't know. I just we're excited, we're nervous, excited, and just ready to go. But I mean, it's also kind of it's also kind of put a real hard strain on everything else. Um, for example, you guys probably heard me talking a hundred times about you know I belong to a, an organized sports team. I also have like a very good social network, and I have a big family, and with those things come other responsibilities you know uh you know people want to see you out um you know that you're my softball team i made a commitment to them i made a commitment to see my family you know you just happen to have a lot of birthdays roll around and we've had to forego a lot of those social events just because we don't want to be too far away from the hospital even though we're out enough that there's a better chance of things not happening You'd never want to take too much of risk, but then we become like prisoners in in what this waiting game, and it's, it's hard. And there'll be those people who aren't as cautious or don't care to be as cautious, where they'll just say stuff like, "Yeah, it's fine, you know, whatever. Just you know, you just gotta live your life and and and, and go about that." And I get I get that, and I'm part of that camp, but Brittany doesn't feel comfortable with that. And to me, the only thing that matters is her being comfortable. So I take a lot of slack. I take slack from my family, of course. Um, friends, you know, my softball team and all that stuff. You know, they understand, but they're also not going to not gonna miss the opportunity to bust my balls a little bit too. So it's one of those things that kind of gets me um, because I've always, I've always, always wanted to be that person that has been part of everything, you know. I wanted to go to every party. I wanted to go to every club. I wanted to go to every bar. I wanted to go to every show. I wanted to go to every game I've always wanted to go because I've never wanted to miss out uh, the kids today call that FOMO and maybe that's what I had, maybe that's what I've had my whole life I've always had fear of missing out and um, and if that's the case that's fine I get it but I've always wanted to be part of the show so for me to miss that it's always kind of it always puts a little dagger in me my wife doesn't share that same um, sickness I guess I don't know whatever that would be <laughs> same uh, illness of FOMO where she's perfectly content with just being fine with not going out 
or uh, missing an event or something like that. She sees more of the big picture where I see more of the short term. And that's not a knock on her or me, but that's just kind of how the, line, the, the line's drawn in the sand. Um, yeah, it just, it, just, it kind of gets to me sometimes. We had to miss this big family event last week, and, you know, with the, the, the fear of the baby coming early, at that point the baby was breached. We weren't, we still weren't sure what was going to happen. The possible C-section, which is what we, the route we didn't want to take, uh, we only wanted to take that route. If, if if it had if, if we had to be there, that's the only reason we were going to be there. If not, then we would have avoided that completely. Um, and I had to miss I had to miss this joint birthday for my mom and my grandmother, who are both very important women in my lives, um, to take care of the other important women of my lives uh, in my life. And that's that's kind of a really hard divide down the middle. I don't I don't know how to describe it any any other way. These my daughter and my wife are the two most important people but my mother and grandmother raised me and were always there for me and always took care of me you know it's a really hard divide and how do you make that work um to add another layer to this it's hosted by my sister my youngest my youngest sibling my my little sister she's hosting it It, there's a lot of variables it's downtown right in right in the heart of downtown um it's not it's not exactly fun to get there it's not exactly easy to get there um, or get back in case anything did happen. And plus, it puts an extra strain on my wife. It's, you know, she, my sister has this, like, beautiful condo, and they have a rooftop pool and, you know, all these all these cool downtown uh, chic things that we want, we want to eventually see but aren't exactly, aren't exactly ideal for parents who are expecting who also have a 16-month-old. So I'm sure there's people that do it, but we're not exactly those people. Um, man, this is feeling like a therapy session, guys. Please don't feel sorry for me. This is all self-inflicted stuff. Um, it's been kind of crazy, too. Um, at work, I have this role where I'm a floor manager at, at the salon. I'm also the number one um, rep on my floor, the number one stylist on the floor. Uh, and what that, what that means is I'm constantly busy. There's a constant demand for my services. On top of that, there's a constant demand for leadership role and me being in that leadership role and taking care of things that aren't necessarily my clients. It's a real hard balancing act, and I don't know how a lot of people do it because sometimes you don't want to be necessarily working on a client, and sometimes you don't necessarily want to be managing people and personalities. And I don't know how a lot of people are able to draw that line um, and flip-flop back and forth, like have a, have a conversation with someone. It's been real stressful. And uh, we just had to let go uh, an employee of ours who we, we've had for about a year. Um, she just wasn't making the cut. Uh, we, we, we offer high-end services. We are high-end salon, and we offer a lot. And we had to let go of this lady who tried. But if you ever heard of the phrase, can't teach an old dog new tricks, she was definitely the 100% classification of that phrase, of that saying. Um, you know, we, we spent thousands of dollars training her, sending her classes, giving her advantages, and she just revert back to these old bad habits. And it caused a lot of riff in her, her workplace, and uh, she was very professional to the end. But it's such a hard mentality. It's so hard to 
break people of old bad habits. And I don't know if it was a matter of her not wanting to, uh, her believing that whatever she was doing was the right way. But the straw that broke the camel's back was this ridiculous, not ridiculous, if it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous review that was posted on um, our salon's uh, Google page. And trust me, I get no, I don't get like a sick pleasure out of this at all. It's um, it's kind of heartbreaking to read, but it was just just so hard to swallow this, this and this was re- and this was the worst out of all of them but there were some other bad reviews and man um it, it was definitely the straw the straw that broke the camel's back um where is it oh it might be actually taken down Oh, here we go. Okay. By far the worst salon ever. I got a haircut today and blow dry from blank. Oh my God. She clearly has no experience despite being a lady, older lady. My ends were cut choppy and looked like a freak show by the time I left. Um, by the time I was, it was done, I literally wanted to cry. Her blow dry skills suck. My hair looks so frizzy. I look like Dracula. Fire this woman. Um, I don't want to say that we necessarily... Um, condone working with terrorists but when someone does that like when someone gives you the absolute worst review possible after a year of trying we can't like it we just can't make we just can't it's just past the point cut ties gotta move on it was when i read that my heart sunk and it felt my heart fell through my body through the floor and hit the depths of hell it was so heartbreaking that the trust that you that that is between a stylist and a client, that trust is so valuable. And when someone sits into your chair so blindly for the first time, and you just destroy that person's trust, and on top of that, create trust issues forever. Because not only will she never come back to see you, she won't trust a salon. Every salon she goes to after that, she'll be talking about how bad that haircut was, and she'll become a crazy person because that one experience. I am no by far not the expert on customer service but i do believe in what i'm doing and these are things that that should be talked about in a consultation um just so heartbroken by it it was just so 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 demotivating to, to read that and believe that we've poured effort into this lady for over a year and this is a kind of return we get from her we had to cut bait and it was so it was a bittersweet pill it's sad because you're like, okay, this is obviously someone, she's in her, she's an older lady. She's, I mean, obviously working full time to pay bills. This won't, like her not having a job won't definitely help her. But at the same time, if you, if a job is that valuable to you, would you not do anything in your power to make it better? I feel like that it's like such a crazy thing. Um, anyways, I don't want to harp on her and that situation, but it, it was just so crazy. Oh, it's something like that that kind of blindsides you on top of having a busy day and just like just having the energy to just keep smiling, keep on swimming, getting through the deep and that kind of stuff. Just try to beat the craziness that is um, like day to day and then have that layered with, hey man, are you coming to the game this weekend? Why aren't you coming out? You should come out. Come on, we need you, blah, blah, blah. And 
oh my god, you're not coming to mom and mom and Nona's birthday, blah blah blah. It's just like a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. And I'm not that guy to just be like, oh, my life sucks, blah 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 blah. I'm too positive of a person, and this is by far the life coach moment number 101. This is just me saying it's difficult to deal with those balances. It's difficult to be part of that, but this is also kind of what you're groomed your whole life to. Like the diversity of your life is is meant so that later in life you're able to handle situations um, like the pressures of school, then work, um, the pressures and balances of being a kid, friendships, building friendships, maybe even getting away from friendships, doing all those things. Um, it's just one of those layers, man, is in life. Like that Shrek analogy where it's like an onion and you're just peeling back the layers of the onion. It just, it just feels so crazy. I just, the pressure that's going on right now is heavy. And I'm looking forward to this baby coming, taking some time off away from work and enjoying the, the beautiful new little creature, little monster that we're going to have. And then just trying to nurture the balance of our, of our second daughter and our first daughter and and laying some foundations and introducing them the first time and and holding them both for the first time and and those kind of magic moments like all that pressure is feels so worth it to that um it's just i don't know it just kind of it's just kind of a crazy little bit uh what, what am i doing here man this is like not where i saw this this podcast going and it's quickly turned into a 20 minute therapy session um on a lighter note, on a much lighter note, I want to talk about like uh, this like uh, favorite passion of mine. Just to change gears, I feel like I'm getting way too heavy. And if you've made it this far, I love you and th- and thank you. I think uh, I know Kyle's listening. Thank you, Kyle. Big props, brother. I know I know your your arms probably above your head, stretching out doing something. So I just want to give you a big hug, buddy. Um, I have this like crazy secret, not secret, but um, crazy. Um, Hobby, I guess hobby is probably best word to put it. Sickness, illness. Um, I have like this crazy large bobblehead collection. I'm sure you guys know what a bobblehead is. If not, they're a small, usually made out of ceramic uh, sports figure or whatever with a larger head that bobbles around. Now that I feel like an idiot for saying that out loud, um, I have a large collection of those of some of some very valuable pieces and some of not so valuable pieces. But I started getting in collecting bobbleheads in, I believe, 20, 2012, 2011 or 2012, when the Toronto Blue Jays were honoring Roberto Alomar, the best second baseman to ever play the game. Um, they were honoring him for being the first Blue Jay and the first or third, I can't remember exactly, Puerto Rican-born Hall of Famer. And it was a big deal. And the Jays were garbage at that time. Um, and it was the day after Todd Payne, a.k.a. Crop Top's birthday, and he was a bloody mess. And we went down to the game. It was a sellout, 44,000 people there, and only the first 20,000 fans were going to get one, and I got one. And I just thought it was kind of cool because I love Roberto Alomar. He was my favorite player growing up. Handsome as all fuck, could play better than anybody, finished second place in the batting race in 93. Um, five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion. Um, played for like, f- played for San Diego, Toronto, Cleveland, the Mets. 
who else did he play for? May there might be one other team in there, but I just thought it was kind of cool. It was just something I wanted to have because I was such a big Alomar fan. So that happened. Fast forward. Um, I could just he just like kind of hung out in the basement, nothing too crazy. And then I think I found another one. Like I found it like a like a thrift store or something. And Brett Laurie sliding into second base, paid like three dollars for it. Anyways, I started to compile a couple, and then I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm just gonna actively search for for them and you found them up on Kijiji or whatever I bought a couple 20 30 40 50 bucks didn't think not thinking too much of it and I saw some like ones that were really expensive like these must be ultra rare ones and they were a couple hundred bucks I, th- I started getting like really weird into it at this point the podcast was kind of flowing we we're having lots of fun with the podcast and um, I was talking with the coach Mike Paraconi and Mike's like oh yeah I got a couple um, he's like, do you have this one that's worth like $700? I was like, what are you talking about? And there's like these crazy stories that go with these bo- these uh, bobbleheads. But I, I, I hadn't heard of it. And of course, like, uh, you know, I, I was kind of starting to research more and find out more and accumulating a bigger and bigger collection. And my collection spans over a couple different genres of bobbleheads. Um, Blue Jays, of course, being the biggest one and the most annoying, to be honest. Uh, of course, Trump Maple Leaves. Um, I have a couple of Toronto uh, TFC Toronto um, soccer bobbleheads. I have a couple of Blue Jays affiliates, like their affiliate teams. Um, but my goal was always to have like a Blue Jay Leaf TFC, maybe even Argos, like just kind of a couple Toronto-based things. And then the collection started getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I, th- I said to myself, "This is actually kind of ridiculous. I need to start getting rid of some of these." So I tried to sell them, and this is really where the point that I want to get to. The bobblehead collector is one of a unique species of person. Not necessarily the best with the most vitamin D or tan on their skin, but definitely the person that you you would imagine hanging out in their basement most of the time um, with a, a shrine to a certain sports team franchise um, who, who probably doesn't have a lot of other outside hobbies who may not like to travel who just enjoys collecting these these things i guess i classify myself as one of those which i don't want to be like i it's just one of those things that i kind of fell into and because i have a completist personality i got into just collecting to collect them um and sometimes you just look at the 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 immediate thing which is like i want to have a large collection or i want to have a collection but then you forget every year there's three or four that come out every year. There's a couple of retail ones that aren't given away, but you actually they're, they're bought in stores. Um, and then there's, of course, like these rare ones. Um, and you just get into like this wormhole of collecting. And, and as someone like myself who likes to have the collection, it becomes kind of crazy. So I, I had this like awakening moment to myself where I need to get rid of these. So I started joining some groups on Facebook, not for support to get rid of them, but the support to like uh, build a bigger network to try to sell. And, you know, I thought you know, for sure these had some value. The downside is every other collector is kind of like me where they want to get rid of their shit and just keep the ones that they like. So the value that I believed or perceived or was, were, that were in it actually wasn't actually there. So, you know, you end up with this trade pile and a pile of of bobbleheads that you want to get rid of that most other collectors are probably trying to get rid of. So, like, how do you get rid of these things? So, I've been dealing with a couple of these guys who are 
what I'm trying to do is have like a more valuable piece, but then make the other pieces disappear with them. So inflate the price of the more rare one with the promise of two or three other pieces there to, and if I can sell one, but then get rid of three, I feel better because I have a, a dollar amount in mind of what I want to get rid of. And maybe the other person just kind of goes with it. But man, this has been interesting. These people, A, super stubborn, super stubborn, love, like just want the bargain. I had this one guy, he wanted to buy this Tom Hankey figure. If you guys don't know who Tom Hankey is, go fuck yourself. He's one of the best closers in Blue Jay history, and I'm sure never beat his wife. Um, he wanted this thing, so I said, yeah, cool, you can have that. I'll sell you this at this dollar amount, which was $50. Not crazy, right? But... I said, I'm actually selling this in a bundle with these two other ones. The guy's like, ah, I'll just, I'll pay you $40 and just take the figure. Now, I think most same people would say, yeah, that's fine. $10 off, whatever, just go with it. But then you get stuck. You get stuck because you, in your mind, you're like, I need to get rid of the volume. I don't need to get rid of individual pieces. So I'm trying in my head, I'm trying to go back and forth with this guy and try to figure out what exactly I can get done. And... No deals is able. I have to walk away from the deal just to make it happen. Guys, with that being said, I have to let you go. My baby girl's waking up, and I love spending time with her. This bobblehead story might get picked up another time. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking us out. More to come. Hang tight. Hopefully this one wasn't too much of like a sob story. If it was, I'm so sorry. Send me a message. I'll send you one back. Bye-bye.